Oh, hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of Defining Talent, a podcast. I'm your host, Laura Dickinson-Turner, and every episode I sit down with someone new and ask them the question, how do you define talent? In keeping with Season 1's College of Arts and Letters at Cal State LA roster, today's guest is both an English professor and chair of the English department at Cal State LA. And in the fall 2023 semester, rather than going on a well-earned sabbatical, she is serving as the interim chair of the music department. That's right, my guest today is none other than the incredible Dr. Linda Margarita Greenberg, whose smile and warmth absolutely light up any room that she enters. I just adore her, and I think that you will too. So without further ado, here is Defining Talent with Linda Margarita Greenberg. Okay, so under here, under this piece of paper is your bio that says Linda Margarita Greenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I love your middle name. Thank you. Yeah. Is it a family name? It is a common name in El Salvador. So I have other cousins yeah. named that. I don't think I have any aunts named that, but it's just a common name. Yeah. 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 And Linda is a lovely name, literally. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think my mom had a lot of fun thinking of my name. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you're the chair of the English department at yeah, Cal State LA. That's right. How long have you been teaching at Cal State LA? This is my 14th year at okay, Cal State exciting. LA. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. It's been a while. Do you think this is the place you're going to be like, or are you like, you know, what? I could see someday, one day, like pick it up and going somewhere else. I can't see wanting to teach somewhere else. Yeah. I love I love teaching here, yeah. and I love our students, and I love the department. I love mm-hmm. working with the folks here, and yeah. it's it's felt like folks embraced me into a family from yeah. like the first like my first year here, and totally. it's it's hard to think about moving away from your family. So, definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. I love that the idea of family because like. Yeah, I think the humanities just opens itself up to... I think so, right? Yeah. Because I think it's a self-selecting group of people who mm-hmm. cares about and wants to study things yes. that are about feeling and emotion mm-hmm. and connecting. Mm-hmm. And so I think that lends itself to kind of people who want to find community with each other. So. Totally. Yeah. And your work is yeah. a lot about community and community yeah. building and finding yeah. those voices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah both my um, academic research work, which is on kind of Chicana feminist lit and Latina literature and undocumented literature. I think it's a lot about voice finding Mm -hmm. and voice expressing for folks who often didn't have a voice or whose voices weren't represented. And so for them to be able to articulate their sense of self and their sense of their community that's not filtered through stereotypes or not simply made invisible, I think super important. And um, the other kind of work that I do is a lot of the community engagement work, which is really exciting because I feel like we're giving our students a chance to think about how they make a difference Mm -hmm. in their communities and how they have an impact and that the role they play is a meaningful one and a powerful one to not just shape their own trajectories, but shape the trajectories and futures of those that they care about, too. So I think that's really, really special and important, too. And the community doesn't have to be something 
vast, right? right. That a community yeah. can be three people in a room together, it or it can be a campus, or yeah. it can be, you know, a family. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes, you know, when when asked to like at any age, but certainly younger, maybe like when you're asked to like think about big picture, like it yeah. becomes so overwhelming. But it's like no, like we're cellular beings, so like we can yeah. think about the microcosm and then go out to the macrocosm. Absolutely, <laughs> and you can go back and forth, exactly. right? And yeah. those are shifting boundaries. Yeah, so. well, and that's like the hero's journey, right? To go yeah. out into the big wide that's thing true. and then come back into the nuclear and like what did we learn and what did this? How does the nuclear inform the the large? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Very exciting. I know. Um, I love hearing about the hero's journey. I'm like, wow, I haven't thought about that for a while. I like it. My master's degree is in English literature. There you go. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, but that's part of, like, this in, in, in... Podcast. I mean, it's to sit and talk with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm starting with the Cal State LA Arts yeah. and Letters community, right? And then moving out into other communities within the campus in LA at large. Yeah. Um, but because I, I think that I think of us as humans, certainly, mm-hmm. but even just everything that's living as a vast interconnected community. Great. Yeah. You know, and so everything we do, and you know, that everything I do, in some way, has an impact on things that I can't even comprehend because I will never see it in my right, own time. Exactly. Right. In that kind of butterfly effect mm-hmm. sort of way or even I love reading those articles about how things that you don't think of as communicating communicate or feel pain like you're like yes. the, the plant made a noise or like when you like cut a leaf and I'm yes. like oh my gosh <laughs> I have yes. to be so gentle with these plants. <laughs> right. That's so um, Owen Miller the yeah. ITC for yeah. he was just in here doing his yesterday and he talked about the, the like the the root networks of trees right. and the communication networks of fungi. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's exactly. Oh, that, it's still floating in the space. Uh, it is. It, it. it must be. It's, yeah. it's because of the, the networks of you know air and cells yeah. that we're lingering here. Right. But um, that's amazing yeah. because something like that just makes you feel like there's so many forms of life and mm-hmm. ways of being that we don't recognize as life yeah. and ways of being, and that. That pertains to just different cultures that we think of mm-hmm. as um, just foreign or right. um, exotic, even. Right. That's a kind of positive way of spinning foreign, you know, still problematic. Sure. Um, or um, as alien. And yeah. then... And then there's all the other things that we don't even think about as being alien because we haven't even thought of them as having any kind of sentience, right? So like those tree roots and just to be able to see that and it makes you think, well, there's so much life that we haven't yet um, connected to. And and I'm not sure that we ever will know all the life that there is to connect to, but it's wonderful to think that it exists and is. Totally. Mm-hmm. Are you a Star Trek fan by any chance? Uh, not really. <laughs> I do like science fiction, uh, but I don't think I've seen any Star Trek episodes since I was a kid. I probably would enjoy it. It's just one of those things where you're like, that canon is too big and it, too it, vast, it, it, and it, if it, I get started down that road, like, I am I never am, doing anything else I'm again. I'm never going to write ever again. <laughs> yeah. um, there's so much of that about the, um, you know, I, I'm more of a... Trek fan than a Star Wars fan. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's all um, right. I'm equally ambivalent <laughs> about both. They both seem great. <laughs> but Roddenberry's vision of like of this world, of a universe wherein there are many, you know, races and galaxies and yeah. places to go, and that you know, it's 
it's not ideal by any means, but in terms of like that interconnectivity of of cultures and and kinds, right? Um, I am like that's a that's a good that's a good place to visit. Like it is. Yeah, it's got good narratives and it's got some great acting. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Okay, one day if I, you know, <laughs> feel like I'm not so overburdened with things to do, right. I'm not scared of trying something that is really long. Maybe I'll pick that up and take. I know a look. it's it's daunting yeah. to like even even a series that is just like a limited series. Yeah. I. I I, I start new things so infrequently. I'm like, I, don't <laughs> I have <know>. time. <laughs> I know it is hard. It yeah. is hard to pick something new up. But... Here's a totally random question. Yeah. Have you ever written a play? No, I've never written a play. I when I was a kid in the fourth grade, I wrote a novel, yes. handwritten. Um, I think it was in wide rule notebook. It was like 270 pages. It was like you know a good length, and I must have been 250 because those notebooks they don't go past Does 250 it, is pages. Is it out there? Do it you is, have it? it? Is in, I have my notebook. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Okay, if you ever want someone to transcribe it, I'm oh my happy gosh. to do the show. <laughs> Thank you. That's so kind. It was called the Tryout Fairies because I was thinking, oh. like, you know, I was a kid. I was like, wouldn't it be fun if you could just try out to be a fa- fairy and you could yes. go through these like tests and rituals, and then on the other side you can emerge, you know, a fairy. I and love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> when um, J.K. Rowling's um, Harry Potter came out, I was like. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> she, she took my thunder. <laughs> mm, I mean, these might be better. <laughs> might be, who knows? And maybe less yeah. problematic. <laughs> might, that's true. Mm. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's so awesome. Yeah. That's like... I love that you wrote a novel when you're a kid. Yeah, I think that is that is my claim to fame. That was the height of my glory <laughs> in fourth grade. <laughs> Since then, I haven't done anything oh my long goodness. form. No, I've done short form. Like I've done like a, some poems, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I did a super short story. Yeah. Um, did I you have to write a dissertation? I did, I, and I've done yeah. like nonfiction, like academic yeah. writing. So I did do that. Um, I don't love doing that, but I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for creative writing, I haven't done anything really long, and I haven't done a play either. I love watching yeah. plays, though. Well, I was just when listening to you talk about community and and the yeah. humanities. I was like, I would watch a play written by Lauren Greenberg. Oh, thank you. Or or I would also love to be in a play directed by you, even if you've never directed a play. <laughs> I just feel in my in my bones. I feel like I bet you're a great director. Thank you. Yeah. What is what what does it take to be a great director? You've directed plays. <laughs> I've directed right? plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think it takes listening. Okay. And being able to sort of see like what does the story need right now? Mm-hmm. Um, collaborative storytelling, certainly. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. A visual eye. Okay. But it doesn't have it's to be. It's starting just a to get out eye. of my like abilities. <laughs> 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 I mean, you could co-direct. We could co-direct. Okay, there okay, we go. That's it. We're going to co-direct. All right. Collaboration. That sounds great. Collaboration. Yeah. Um, I imagine that, you, that I've never had you as a teacher, but I imagine you're an awesome teacher. <laughs> um, I think there are some things I'm very good at as a teacher, and then there are some things that I am just terrible at. Um, what, what, are you, what do you feel like uh, you're terrible at? <laughs> 
returning papers ever. Same, same, <laughs> hashtag same. I know. <laughs> My poor students. I'm always like, I'm almost done. I'm almost right. done. <laughs> I'll get these to you. Oops, didn't do it. So oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was that when I when I've taught. That's always been my like sticking point of oh my gosh I have to so like making shorter assignments so sometimes not only for them to have mm-hmm. less high stakes assignments but also like so that I could get them back to them soon right yeah I, like, oh, I know poor, yeah actually I came up with a system my last semester teaching um, which I thought was so good for me and yeah. also I think it I think I think it was good for the students too. I think it was a win-win. Yeah. Where um, you know, I'd always had my students do informal writing, like like those low stakes things, like yeah. journaling or things like that. And usually they would submit them to me, and then I would just like stack up journal after journal yes. after journal after journal <laughs> that I would just never return. Um, but instead. I had them write journals and I told them, you're going to be sharing them with each other. Um, So at the beginning of class, they would spend like 15 minutes sharing their journals with each other. And then I I gave them all like yellow highlighters and told them, highlight like the parts like you're what are called golden lines, right? Mm-hmm. Highlight the parts that, you know, really speak to you. You think yeah. they're just beautifully expressed or it made you think about something or, you know, made you curious, whatever it is. And so they could highlight that and they would return it and then mm-hmm. they would talk about each other's work. Nice. And I think it was a win-win because, A, I didn't have to grade them. <laughs> <laughs> but also because when students are writing for faculty Mm -hmm. I don't think they try as hard as when they're Mm -hmm. writing for each other I think they try more when they're writing for each other and then they get that immediate feedback that Mm -hmm. makes their writing feel fresher or more meaningful rather as opposed to getting it weeks later back from me and it kind of warms up their brains for talking Mm -hmm. during class so I thought that was really like I thought it was just win-win and then the students could I always asked a few students to share something they found really interesting and lovely and in each other's work and mm-hmm. so it made people feel like they were connected and exactly. they, were, they were part of that community yeah. and uh, anyway I thought it was I thought that was so great I haven't had a chance to teach for a very long time that was because you're a chair yeah exactly yeah. that was in spring um Gosh, was that spring 17? I think was oh the gosh. last time I taught yeah. in my own class. I've done like a teaching. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the can be the drawback of being a chair, being yeah. like administrative roles in, in yeah. higher ed, because then you don't have as much classroom time. Yeah, I yeah. know, and that's the reason I came into this too. Right. Yeah. Right. But it is good chairing too. I really love working with yeah. other chairs and like with other just folks that I wouldn't have met otherwise. Right. So that's really nice. And it gives you the chance to serve the students. You're yeah. still serving them. You're just serving them in a different, uh, you know, or not different, uh, an expanded capacity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I still get to work on things that are related to teaching yeah. and related to curriculum. So it's, it's good. Yeah. It's a different kind of good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So so far, I've talked about lots of things that yeah. I think have direct parallels through lines, pathways to this concept of talent, yeah. right? Because some people would say it takes talent to teach or that it would yeah. take talent to make a community. Da, da, da. So my question for you is, how do you today, mm-hmm. how do you define talent? All right. I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, what is the difference between talent and skill? Skill, mm-hmm. And what is talent and does talent have to be recognized by others or just yeah. recognized internally? Yeah. And what is even the difference between talent and being 
good at something or being capable of something. And so those were the ideas that were circulating Mm -hmm. in my mind. And I think what talent is, is that ability to do something that lights up a positive feeling Mm -hmm. in yourself or in others. And that positive feeling could be, it could be a peace, it could be pleasure, it could be a thrill, but I think some kind of positive affect. And I think, I think that it doesn't need to be externally recognized. I think you Mm -hmm. can do it for yourself, right? And that can be something that that gives you a sense of peace or a thrill. It could be something that is um, externally recognized as as beautiful, but sure. it also I think it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't have to like I say positive and it elicits a kind of positive feeling, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to always be like a like a happy feeling. It could be it could be scary too, like a thrill sure, of some sure. kind, like that kind of scary like, thrill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like someone might have a talent for turning their eyelids inside out. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> that would be a kind of thrilling yeah. thing to yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and I think it's different from skill in Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you can nurture a talent into a skill um, and you practice and you work hard at it um, and maybe one should. um, But I think that's something that you can do even if you haven't necessarily like practice and Mm -hmm. practice would Mm -hmm. be something that makes it a talent as well. I, yeah, the 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 positive and the thrill, <laughs> the image of somebody turning their eyelids inside out. Because if there's somebody who's never seen that, someone's gonna Google it, right? right? But like, what what are talents that you have apart from things that one might immediately infer, like teaching or mm. chairing, or like what's a talent that you'd be like, yeah, this is a talent I have, or multiple talents that you have? Mm. Huh? I feel like teaching and chairing are are things that I'm good at Mm -hmm. because not only because I've worked at it but because it relies on other now I'm getting like talent and qualities like what are what is quality versus talent I said it elicits pleasure okay so let's go with that yeah um I think one of the things that I'm talented at might be can you what can one be talented at empathy (laughs) yeah oh i think so i think yes all right well i think that i'm good at working with people as they are and so i think that and i like working with people i Mm -hmm. i I would not say i'm an extrovert by any means i'm very (laughs) introverted um but i really enjoy being with people and i enjoy hmm making other people feel good, Mm -hmm. too. I'm like, are these talents? I'm going to go with her. It's it's a talent. I'm talented (laughs) at making people feel good. I'm going to just go with it. that's a great talent. All right. Well, Uh, do you, I mean, are there there people that you could point to either immediately in your own everyday life or out there that other people would recognize where you're like, this person also has the talent of making someone Hmm. feel good? Oh, interesting. I mean, I think actually... It's hard for me to say because I I tend to 
I tend to like people. Yeah. And a lot of people make me feel good. Sure. So it's hard for me to say, oh, David Olson has a talent for making he people does. feel good. Yes, he, he does. does. Yeah, yes. for sure. In yeah. fact, he's much more talented than oh, I am. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's someone that, that easily yeah. comes to mind. Um, yeah. I also think Letty and Nadine. Yes. Yeah. Like, whenever I see Letty, I'm just like, yes, she is just yes. like a bundle of joy. Yeah. yeah. No, she's yeah. just so lovely. I'm, I think, gosh, and this is where like it's I'm hard, like innately right? modest, and so I'm also like, <laughs> I'm also like talking about things I'm talented at is very not comfortable for me. That's a thing, though. That's a real thing. Like it's because yeah. this this um, idea was sort of born out of somebody saying that they aren't talented. Mm-hmm. Who, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this every time I say it on the podcast and in life, this yeah. person is talented. Yeah, like, huh. I think, oh, I know. I'm talented. I would say I'm talented at reading aloud. I love reading aloud. I love reading aloud to children, mm-hmm. like even little kids, even yes. kids who don't understand anything. I love yes. reading aloud to adults. I just, I love the performative aspect of reading aloud and embodying a character and creating a mood and making the sounds and yes. things like that. I love that. Um, and I, and it's hard to separate like my loving doing it from yeah. my being talented at it. But I think those two reinforce each yeah. other too. Like I love it because I I love. <laughs> I'm gonna sound really immodest <laughs> now. I love to listen to myself read. <laughs> I Were you the kid in school where like? As the, they were going around, and you're like, everyone's reading a paragraph, and you're like, I can't wait for it to be me. Yes. Like, oh, can, I, can I read it? I want to read it. No. <laughs> I, I totally was. And I actually remember this moment in seventh grade when I kind of realized everyone else is reading things so straight. Yeah. So I could either be the person who blends in, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to read it straight because that's yeah. what everyone is doing, right. or I could do what I think should be done, which is read it with expression. Yes. And I remember thinking, well, I'm just going to read it with expression because that's, that's right. the way it should be done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just so, and it hurts my heart to hear things read straight. Right. Um, and it's, I know that, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I want it. I want it read with feeling. Yeah. Um, Even a freaking science textbook. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anything yeah. you can read anything with feeling. Exactly. If nothing else, you can read it with clarity. See, there's mm-hmm. some pause between this is the main idea right. and this is like the sub idea <laughs> or something like that, right? Oh, so, yes. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's something that that I I, I will embrace as a talent. Yes, um, and. I'm just going to go lean into that whole immodest um, territory, um, and I will call it a talent and not a skill. But I, I will say I am talented at singing. I was yeah. going to ask you if you were because you sing in the choir, which I'm jealous of, and I know I could take lunch breaks, but I can't take lunch breaks. Oh, I'm also recording podcasts. I know there's only so many things that one can do. Yes. I have to sit yeah. at my desk sometimes and answer emails. Um, oh, for sure, you know? absolutely. Um, How yeah. long have you been singing? When did you start singing? Oh, gosh. In like, oh my I mean, gosh, talk about singing. I don't remember. Well, singing like in a choir since sixth grade and like singing just like as part of school since whenever school started. Yeah. Um, But I remember just like my earlier memories being of my mom singing to Mm -hmm. me. And I loved, loved, loved having her sing to me. Mm -hmm. And my mom doesn't have any musical training. Yeah. And, um, 
she I'm not that great in terms of being in tune but at least I've had some musical training that has helped me recognize a little bit you know about like yeah. um, when things are in tune or not I'm still terrible at it but I could do, do it some but she's she's my mom is clearly just singing totally just wrong notes like not even like in the oh, right the yeah. right page yeah. um and I still love it. I love yeah. hearing her. It just gives me so much joy and so much pleasure. So I would say she too is talented because it elicits this mm-hmm. feeling because she does it with care and affection. Yeah. And, and so I love listening to her. Um, and I think she's uniquely talented in her ability to express, even if it's not accurate sure. right, or skilled. Sure. Um, and I, I think that I'd like to think I inherited that talent and, mm-hmm. and that joy and from yeah. her and and that I can hopefully I, I pass on that joy to myself at least yeah. when I sing and hopefully sometimes to others and if I I, I am not hmm, I'm not a skilled musician mm-hmm. um, I never took any musicianship classes yeah. um, but I have a well-trained voice because mm-hmm. I took a lot of voice lessons yeah. and so my voice lessons were all simply about producing a certain kind of quality of sound right. um, right. and not necessarily about um, reading anything on yeah. the page <laughs> so I'm not super literate um, reading music is hard yeah it's, it's really hard yeah. um, but but I think that I have some skill in singing in addition to talent I hope and and certainly I have enough talent to give myself pleasure. And I'm not, I, I would love one day to have more skill as mm-hmm. a musician overall. Yeah. Um, but I think for that, I would need to go actually study music and yeah. like invest that time. Do you ever mm-hmm. sit in with like a band or friends jamming at a party or anything like that? Well, we had an English department band for a while. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. A very, very short <laughs> while. It was like a two month long English department <laughs> band. And we were going to have our first performance um, at the National Humanities Day here yeah. on campus. We'd orga- I'd organized a talent show um, for faculty, and you were supposed to perform a talent not in your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, I love that. So art professors reading yeah. poetry, right? Yes. Things like that. Um, and the pandemic hit and closed oh, yeah. closed the whole campus down the yeah. evening before. Um, we would have performed. That's right. I oh know. my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we never, we never got to perform. Okay. This needs to be resurrected. But... Stat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we had so, so much fun. Um, Michael Calabrese plays drums. Yes. We have faculty on bass uh-huh. and guitar and folks singing. So it was really fun. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. I also just love that I that um, do something that's not in your field, yeah. like talent shows of like, oh, you're this faculty in this department. So, you know, we think of you as the person doing that. Right. Exactly. So cool. And I love when folks who actually are talented in particular areas and yeah. you know, are skilled in those areas perform. I think yeah. that's amazing. Like I went to the faculty um, recital, I think it's called the music mm-hmm. faculty mm-hmm. recital. And it was beautiful, right? Yeah. To listen to all of the these musicians perform performing music. But I also remember um, in college we had a, I don't even remember if it was a fundraiser for something or what, or or just a raffle or something, but faculty um, were kind of 
like the English professor was like, and I'll play this guitar song. Mm-hmm. And some other professor was like, I'll do this. Or I remember in high school, our English department had a faculty, actually it was all the teachers had a faculty follies show. Oh, yeah. And they all just like performed and did skits and it was just hilarious. And I just think it's fun to see people do things unexpected, yeah. you know, things that you're just like, I had no idea this is something right. that you would enjoy doing. And it gives me a whole different frame for thinking about who you are and also for thinking about for about myself and what yeah. I can do, too. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pushing pushing people past the, the known, right? Like, yeah. there's su- such excitement in the unknown and that space in between where it's neither the known or the unknown. Yeah. yeah the liminal yeah. space. That's right, the liminal space where you can play and try on different kind of facets of who you are and um, just discover something that that might have otherwise just remained kind of closed off or Mm -hmm. hidden. So I think that's that's really fun to have that, that sense of play. I think... I think if I had another talent, maybe it would be I have a, I have a talent for play. I'll go and say that. Yeah. I, lo- I love to play and have fun and um, be silly. Um, I think these are things that are that I hope I, I never lose because yeah. it's, it's very easy to be like, well, you know, now you're the chair, you know, right. now you're whatever it is. I right. mean, you, know, you have to really be, you know, embody kind of that persona, but I don't. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to conform to a role. I want Mm -hmm. to shape like that kind of synergistic um, capacity so that I can fulfill the needs of the role and still be myself and through being myself, give something to that role that otherwise it wouldn't have. 100%. Yeah. Spoken like an actor. Okay. No, but truly because, you know, you think about, well, I, I think about um, someone like a Kate Blanchett or somebody mm-hmm. who's sort of chameleon-like, or yeah. you can see them in lots of things, but, you know, the whether it's an actor on a stage or, or a musician, right, or a person in a classroom, it's like, we're all here telling this story, mm-hmm. right, whether we're, we're doing a script or we're doing a song, or it's the story of this class this day right now, right, right. Yeah. and it's like, where... Where do I fit into that, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I have to fit into this thing, yeah. and also like be me, right? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be sad differently than someone else is gonna yeah. be sad, even if I'm being sad in the container of Blanche Dubois, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Patrick Stewart was being interviewed on an American Theatre Wing podcast years and years ago, and talked about there's some Shakespeare roles that he's played multiple mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. including Macbeth. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I, you know, because every time there was something new to discover in that's so myself true. in the text. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is really true. It's that process of rereading too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've oh. always loved rereading because it's like coming home to a book that you've mm-hmm. enjoyed before, and so it kind of triggers not just the pleasure of reading it for the first time, though sometimes yeah. things are just so pleasurable the first yeah. time, right? It's, it can be hard to be like, oh, I wish it were the first time again. <laughs> right. But but it triggers that pleasure. But then it you have like that doubled pleasure where you're reading mm-hmm. it and it's still enjoyable, mm-hmm. but you also remember that other times that you read it and the kind of the joy that you got yeah. from that and being able to um, just kind of layer on mm-hmm. the, that history of of 
reading a text, feeling something again, but also feeling something new because yeah. you're different, because mm -hmm. you happen to read it in this context and in this mm -hmm. space um, at this age, as you yeah. said, right? Yeah. Um, with this activity having happened earlier in the day right? or whatever it is, it's always a little different. And that's yeah. really, that's really lovely too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's never, um, it's never the same thing twice. What are some texts off the top of yeah. your head this moment today that yeah. you're like, oh, I would go back and reread that in a heartbeat. I love yeah. that. Um, well, I usually, it feels very not um, Chicana lit person of me <laughs> to say, but I usually read Pride and Prejudice a couple times a year. <laughs> that, um, it's, it's, social satire? That's wonderful. Yeah. Sure. It's also like my I'm very stressed and I need yeah. something lighthearted that I know is, well, I mean, there's social satire. It's not always yeah. lighthearted, right? There's a lot of deep meaning there. Yes. Um, but, but it I can be very some, silly It sometimes. can be very silly and, and it's very much smart uppity woman who, you know, is, yes. is getting the upper hand here. Yes. Um, and so there's something very satisfying about reading that when I'm feeling like, oh, I'm so stressed and things are so yeah. hard. And, and it's nice to be able to turn to something like that where you've read it so often that mm -hmm. you're like, I'm so stressed and I don't have to commit a huge amount of time to get right. this pleasure because I've already read, you know, right. this a million times. And so I can just go like, oh, this scene is so funny. Yes. And let me read that scene. Yeah. And, you know, this scene always makes me cry and feel cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read that. Yes. So yes. I think that's really, really enjoyable. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. I love Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Um, what do you read? Okay, so... I have been struggling for the past few years with um, some really crippling burnout Yeah. to the point where I'm like, I can't do things yeah. that I used to used to be go-tos. Mm -hmm. um, and reading is one of those things that, I mean, because I, I could read from age three, and I used to read, like, sometimes hundreds of books a year. Yeah. But when I was younger, I mean, they're right. shorter books. Sure. But still, um, and then when I hit my 20s, like, that sort of tapered off somewhat just because yeah. life and, like, being an adult and doing all these things on your own. Um, and then my 30s, like, apart from the two stints of grad school, mm -hmm. um, it was, it's like, and nowadays, it's like... Mike, maybe I'll get five books this year. Maybe I'll get ten. Like it's yeah, it's hard. That's great. I mean, you're, I think that's that's great. I I have to say, and I am an English professor, right? Yes. <laughs> that um. I almost entirely listen to audiobooks or oh, reread yeah. things because I simply yeah. don't have time, right? So I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. and I have all like the work stuff I need to do and I have kids and I have the kids stuff I need yeah. to do and and then I have this commute that takes a lot of time. And Where I'm, do you commute from? Uh, Santa Monica. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah okay. so it's a longer commute and then I have, you know, I'm, I'm trying to de-stress by yeah. exercising more. So, mm -hmm. you know, that... That also takes time. It feels yeah. it makes me feel good, but yeah. it takes time. And um, I, I find I am just exhausted. And so I, I buy these books yeah. and I'm like, oh, this looks so good. And then I don't actually <laughs> read them, which makes me so sad. So I accumulate Ooh. these books and I'm like, oh, that looks wonderful. Right. I, I love that author, you know, right. whatever it is. And I don't read them. But what I do is I listen to like, well, not yeah. if, I, if I bought them, I'm probably not going to buy them right. as an audiobook. Right. Too, but I, I find I listen to a lot of books because I can do that on my commute. Yes. And I yeah. can do that while I'm cooking. And I can yeah. do that while I'm cleaning. I could do that while I'm exercising. Mm -hmm. Like I have all this time where I'm not 
not um, I'm not using I, I can be quiet and I'm not really using my head for anything that yeah. requires brain work. Mm-hmm. So I actually I can listen to nice. things and I love listening to audiobooks. Yeah. When my kids were really small um, and I had even less time than I have now because mm-hmm. um, as soon as I was home I was just on and yeah. they, they could not be by themselves yep. right yep. like now they can be by themselves for a little um, I I remember driving home my long commute listening to audiobooks and thinking oh I hope there's more traffic <laughs> I, hope, I hope I hit more red lights. <laughs> I just want to get through this chapter. I know. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. yeah, no, I, I sadly, I read in terms of like physical books yeah. that I'm, well, I guess it could be Kindle too. Yeah. Books that I'm reading for the first time, not rereading, because rereading right. doesn't take too long. You can just kind of skim through and read the fun parts. Yeah. Um, but books I'm reading for the first time, I don't read that many. I can think since the year started I've read um I think I've read two books yeah yeah that's kind of where I am. um and then even and I and I've found that even rereading things like shows as well like I don't rewatch yeah. movies these days anymore I very the only two shows that I rewatch are Taskmaster which is a British comedy hmm. Panel show. Oh my god, it's delightful. There's a YouTube channel. I will send it to you. (laughs) I'm obsessed. Um, And 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 RuPaul's Drag Race. Those are the things that I rewatch, and they're my comfort. They're my comfort Mm -hmm. food. But when I do go to reread books, it's usually it's often, although not always, um, some of the children's lit novels that I've loved, like um, Phantom Tollbooth. Oh yeah. Or the Mary Poppins series, or Chronicles of Narnia, Mm -hmm. or the. Um, Ursula K. Le Guin's uh, Earthsea books. Yeah. Like, those ones are touchstones. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about those, I think about, like, the one of the, the threads through so many of those are these themes of the humanities and community yeah. and the way that we're all integral to one another. Mm-hmm. And, like, that talent isn't just for these people over here or, like, right. you know, the ability to reach others and connect to others isn't just, you know, for the elite few that it right. is, you know, this, you know, something that's in, that we can all access. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder why I think about the world the way I think about the world. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was shaped by these stories that I was reading. <laughs> I know. These formative books. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, now I want to cast you in plays. I want to have you as a co-director. I want to collaborate in a theater thing with you. And I'm going to just talk to Meredith and be like, so Meredith, um, when are the Greenbergs going to get together? And, That's very funny. I and do a say, thing. I have, I don't think I've With all your free time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever performed in a play, mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, in summer school when I was a kid, going to, because, um, you know, my parents worked and so I had to do some kind yeah. of summer school and one yeah. of them maybe even a couple times but at least one time I remember I got it was in like a theater class of some kind yeah. right and I remember going in and thinking this is going to be so much fun <laughs> we're going to you know do so much but yeah. when audition time came I was too shy to do an oh, audition yeah. and I just couldn't get myself to yeah. audition and so um I, I don't even remember what I ended up doing there. I, I have no idea. I think I blocked out that memory because I think oh. I, what I felt mostly was a sense of shame because yeah. I did not audition. I did not get to do this thing that I thought would be really fun. Yeah. And I remember that I didn't have a strong desire to audition in, in high school. I was doing so many things mm-hmm. in high school. But I remember when I went to choir, sorry, when I went to college, um, 
there was like some kind of call, you know, and it, I went to a small college where probably anyone who wanted to be in a play could be in a play. It wasn't okay. competitive or anything sure. like that. And I was like, oh, this sounds like fun. It's they're going to do a musical and I love music and yeah. I could, you know, just need audition. And I was like, oh, I could do that. And I and I practiced my song in the shower. Yes. You know, of course, it sounds good there. And then I just I just couldn't. I just couldn't go. I couldn't yeah. audition. I just yeah. couldn't. And so I never I never did that. The one and only performance I did was um, I think my I don't remember when it was in my sophomore year or junior year maybe it was senior year of college <laughs> um, there was an opera workshop in mm, college yeah. yeah and I think essentially I did do the recitals like yeah. my, my college you if you were taking voice lessons and I was you would do like a recital at least once a semester mm-hmm. um, a group recital not like here where it's like yeah. one person and you're like you have a Here's repertoire and yeah. I'm like no it's like <laughs> everyone sings one or two songs yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. um, and so I I was used to singing solo in front of other people mm-hmm. because just that was part of what we did and my voice teacher and all the other voice students that I knew were like oh this is happening and you know everyone needs to come to stay and everyone's going to sing a song and that's the audition and and so I went to audition for that because that's what literally everyone was doing and so and and I was put in a bunch of different roles for that Um, and so I and that was my one and only acting experience I had to (laughs) ride on the floor in ecstasy I had to do this like little (laughs) dance where I'm like flipping off my like dress I had to do all kinds of things that I never would have done and it was so so, so, so much fun. Um, but that is the literally the only thing I've ever done. <laughs> well, and the, only, the reason I say that is not because yeah. I, I I know that there are theater people who are like, everyone is an actor. And yeah. I, know, I know that not everyone is an actor. But mm-hmm. I do think that everyone can be a theater person because theater is literally everything. It's like there is literally... And, and I'm going to say literally five more times. Some, if anything that if we need bookkeepers in theater, mm, we need stage managers, right. we need stage hands. We need yeah. people with every single imaginable skill, talent, desire, etc. Because yeah. all the world's a stage, and so anything that you've done in life, there yeah. is some application for it in in that collaborative atmosphere. Um, but I like you know talking about reading aloud, yeah. and I'm just like. I think you're probably a natural born storyteller. I do love storytelling. Yeah. That I do. I remember in sixth grade we had, because um, it was part of the gate program. They, they I came. was in gate too. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they had someone come who was, I guess, a professional storyteller and they yeah. taught us storytelling techniques and how, I mean, I was in sixth grade, so I'm sure it was not super advanced, but how to like move your body and yeah. how to like make yourself quiet and be loud and all of that um, and you had to memorize a story and then we went to another school and we performed them and I had so much fun like that was really great I do yeah. love telling stories yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh I love that I mean because that's I, I will say that I fully like I'm also an introvert yeah and I, I sometimes call myself a secret introvert because I think to the to the masses at large, like, yeah. oh, I seem extroverted. And it's yeah. like, yeah, cool, because that, that's a role I know I can play when I right. have to play it. Yeah. And it's like, that's how I'm helping tell the story at the moment yeah. of this time and day and place. Um, but then I'm like, I have to go home by myself mm-hmm. and sit there in a room alone <laughs> in charge. I have to <laughs> I have to have some kind of yeah. in my own head time yeah. to like recharge the batteries. Right. Um, and I definitely had sort of um, in, in youth in different many different ways like 
I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I think I can, and then I get to the moment, and I, I, I can't. I literally, physically, mentally, in no way, shape, or form, can do this thing. Yeah. Like I will burst into tears if yeah. I'm forced to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So like that, that resonates, and and, I, <laughs> like, um, and and people would find that odd. I think mm-hmm. who see me on stage and whatnot because they're like, but you're. you're that's the thing that I, not just myself, other actors have heard, like, you're an actor, how can you be shy? Right, like, yeah. Because it's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to say it's different. Mm-hmm. I find myself that I do get nervous sometimes giving speeches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah, oddly enough. Yeah, that's why I I really like to have something written. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I have my little sticky note here. Right. I didn't need to look at it, but right. it was written in case yeah. I, like, blanked on what on earth talent is. <laughs> Um, Or when I go to class, um, I like Mm -hmm. to have, like, my notes. And my notes are often, not always, depending on how much time I have, but they're often written out fully in full sentences. And I don't go and just read to my students because that's boring. And who wants to do that? That's awful. (laughs) Um, But it's like a security blanket. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, if I get up there and all of a sudden every single intelligent thought goes out of my head, I've got my notes. Right. right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish that all of life was like that where you know there no matter what the situation there was that security blanket or that yeah. little like you know I can press a button and somehow like the manual for this this right. thing will come up. Exactly. But that's not that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. yeah. And some folks are so good at like being confident about mm. speaking extemporaneously. Yeah. I know when we were preparing for honors convocation, yes. um, one of the other chairs said, "Just speak from the heart." And I think, well, that's lovely that you can you can go up yes. there and speak from the heart. <laughs> I, I will be speaking from the heart from reading my prepared statement yeah. <laughs> ahead of time yeah. because I just I it's not that I don't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. It's that I it would make me. It already makes me anxious to go and sure. read in front of others, but it would make me even more anxious to go up there and yeah. feel like um, people are looking at me and I yeah. have to invent something <laughs> at this moment. And yes. somehow it has to be from my heart and articulate. Yes. yes, all of the things all at once. Right, yeah. yeah. This idea of confidence. Do you think that talent mm. has to involve confidence in order? Or, like, are they mutually exclusive or do they? Such a good question. Um, I don't, I think they can be separate, but they often go together. Um, I feel like you can be talented and not confident. Um, and I see that sometimes, like I see that for, for folks or even for myself sometimes, depending on the context, but also for other folks where sometimes, for instance, I might hear someone under singing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you have such a a lovely voice, Mm -hmm. right? And you just, you just need to be willing to put yourself out Mm -hmm. there and let it be okay to make mistakes, right? And I think, I think that confidence plays into that. And I also think that you can perform confidence mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even have to be real confidence. Right. You could just right. perform confidence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like yes. um, I, I'm sure you've heard and probably even maybe told people, but when I was in 
high school, actually it started in middle school, um, we had to do, every year we had to do a singing competition, and it was part of it being in choir. Was it ACDA? It was Kiwanis, it was like okay. called the Kiwanis competition, and we had to all perform a solo, and we were told, you know, like, if you forget your words, yeah. if you don't remember the notes, you just don't make a face, right? right? You know, right. you just, <laughs> you don't cry in the middle. Yeah. Just like, keep on going, and la la la, as if that's what the song yeah. did next, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and so you have to kind of perform with that kind of confidence, because in so, so many ways, there's like the confidence to get up there and do it in the first uh -huh. place, but then uh -huh. there's like the willingness for other people to kind of see a performance as yeah. confident, too. And that, yeah. that changes the way people feel about the, the way they're mm -hmm. experiencing a performance. Um, and I think you can make yourself confident by performing confidence, too. Like, um, when I was interviewing for tenure-track positions a long time ago, I was told by the grad advisor when I was a graduate student, mm -hmm. before every interview, um, just go look at yourself in the mirror, and whether you believe it or not, just say, I'm going to get this job. Mm -hmm. I'm the best candidate for this job. Mm -hmm. This is my job. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, because certainly there's so much anxiety when oh, you're yeah. you know, applying for tenure track positions. You're like, there's so many smart people doing this. This feels yeah. so competitive. The likelihood yeah. of getting a job is so low. I haven't read all the research, oh, <laughs> you know, yes, all that yes, stuff. Yes. Um, but I, I remember I went and I did that. And before, just like she said, before every interview, and it actually just pumps you up and yeah. makes you, even if you don't believe it, it makes you feel confident, mm -hmm. right? And I think I think that that gives you that kind of energy that that allows for success. So this is a super long way of saying, I don't think talent <laughs> and confidence are the same, sure. but I think you might, if you're talented at something, you might kind of grow to develop confidence mm -hmm. in that area. Um, if you're talented at something and you're not confident, you might want to nurture confidence yeah. in that area, right? But I think that you can be quietly talented internally, even just to yourself, um, because so much of confidence is external, like mm -hmm. being willing to share, right, mm -hmm. with others. I think you could be quietly talented without having the confidence to share with others, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And some people are confident with Themselves. Maybe nothing to back it up whatsoever. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's you're like, true. You're awfully confident for, for, for nothing to show for it. Right, that's yeah. true too. Yeah. And maybe that's its own kind of talent. Sure. Some people are talented at being confident. Right. So. They are. They are. Yeah. There's a um, there's a trust that comes when when we're watching a performer, yeah. and and it's a if if they are confident. And confident even enough to make the mistake, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm gonna be seen, mm -hmm. and I'm here, and I'm okay with being seen, and yeah. I'm gonna let you see everything that happens. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And if I fall, I'm gonna, yeah, mm -hmm. that happened, right? Right. Yeah. Um, because then, it's it, we don't worry. Like mm -hmm. as an audience member, I'm not like worried. Like, oh, are they okay? Do they they feel bad about the mistake? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. I've actually seen. I remember watching a performance of um, Cabaret, mm -hmm. where in one of the numbers, the MCs, I think it was the two ladies number, two ladies, right? And the MCs um, hat and wig fell off. <laughs> and in the scene, 
<laughs> like because they all had the bowler like the right. bowler bob cuts um, right. wigs on him and the, and the two gals and like so in that same like somehow as though it had been choreographed this way but it certainly was not because you saw the flash in his eye right yeah. when it happened yeah. without missing a beat like he swooped down he grabbed both of them and used them sort of as like Fosse-esque um, pasties <laughs> almost as though it had been choreographed and I was like jaw dropping the mistake was almost more impressive than right. everything that had been done you know correctly to that moment because it was so confidently right. and seamlessly woven into what was already there right yeah and I was mm-hmm. like and he just let us see it right mm-hmm. like it was like oh I'm sorry oh god I was like, nope, we're still doing the thing. They're doing, and I'm like, oh, this is so good. That's amazing. (laughs) It was was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I told him afterwards, I was like, you're so talented, Mm -hmm. and you're so talented. Like the the fact that you could do that blows me away. Because how do you do that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Is there a talent? This will be. We'll wrap this up. Okay. Because I feel like. It's time. It's time. Um, but if there was a talent that you could have mm-hmm. that maybe you don't have, that mm-hmm. maybe doesn't even technically exist, so like, okay. you know, um, projecting your voice into other people's minds. <laughs> if there is a talent that you could have, large, small, real, yeah. unreal, mm-hmm. at this moment in time, it could change tomorrow. Okay. What would that talent be? It's a very practical talent. Yes. Um, it's one that my mom has, which yes. is... Um, when I open the refrigerator, because I don't have this talent, I open the refrigerator and I'm like, oh, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> and when my mom opens my same refrigerator, yes. she's like, we just take this and we do this yeah. and this and we just mix this together here and you add this. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, there's a feast. <laughs> you know? Yes. What just happened? What? Yes. Oh my God. That is a great yeah, talent. It is an amazing talent. Yeah. And wow, I really, really would love to have that talent. I mean, I can follow a recipe, sure. right? And have sure. all the ingredients. And yeah. it's just, you know, just go step by step. Um, but I can't do that thing where you just open the fridge and yeah. all of a sudden there's like a gourmet meal. <laughs> that is yeah. that is mm-hmm. a really, really good talent. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> Maybe one day. Who knows? I can try yeah. to cultivate right? this talent. Mm-hmm. I know. And but in, in our in our world with our time and everything, like yeah. everything is so fast and there's so much to do and it's just like oh, are right. we are we is the world developing in such a way that like the humanness of life is gonna get squeezed out of it life. It does itself. feel that way, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. But I think I think the human will prevail and the yeah. human will be differently human my primary worry is like are how much are we going to delegate the human to tools right and who who because this is going to have differential consequences Mm -hmm. like i'm thinking like chat gpt right um who will be able to kind of maximize the benefits while retaining their own voice Mm -hmm. and who will not right and so because i feel like that that ability to have your own voice Mm -hmm. is something that's so utterly human and utterly critical and if some populations of folks are encouraged to give that choice and voice away and Mm -hmm. undermine their own voices Mm -hmm. and some are not Mm -hmm. then that's 
that's a devastating loss, yeah. right, in its own kind of inequity. Yeah, I don't think homogeneity is good for the planet, let yeah. alone for our species. And in, in like yeah. looking at the way that evolution happens, difference is necessary yeah. in order mm-hmm. for adaptation Great. to happen and for for life to thrive. And without yeah. difference, it's just you know eventually this will die out or this will go away and we'll lose all these things and yeah. and stuff will just be archaeology. Mm. Oh, that was we should, a downer. Like, such a downer. <laughs> we should talk about something really quick like um, okay. uh, uh, what are you looking forward to at the end of the school year? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to going to El Salvador with my kids. I've never taken them to El Salvador so it's going to be really fun. I'll get to introduce oh. them to lots of family there. I think that'll just be a great wonderful thing. I think mm-hmm. that's awesome and then you'll come yeah. back and show us all the pictures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Wonderful. Sure. And you guys can eat food together. Oh, yes. Lots so of food. Good. Delicious food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay, we, we, we salvaged um, it. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with ending on yeah. sort of a somber reflective mm-hmm. note but yeah family community food mm-hmm. gathering these are all important and they happen with the talents of yeah. many people of many people yeah exactly yeah. and n- nurturing the talents of the next generation too yeah. like For sure. all the places and people and things mm-hmm. and ideas yeah yeah. Well, thank you so much for this thank opportunity. Thank you for being this here and so having nice. this lovely conversation. It was really lovely. I really appreciated it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to the wonderful Dr. Linda Margarita Greenberg for being today's guest on Defining Talent, a podcast. Thank you to all the listeners who tuned in for today's episode. You can visit definingtalentpod.com for more information about Dr. Greenberg, as well as prior episodes and guests. New episodes are released every other Friday, and on Friday, September 8th, my guest for episode 9 is the incredible Stacey Mitchell, who is a lecturer for Pan-African Studies at Cal State LA, as well as the theater department. She's a writer, director, researcher, yogi, and a Fulbright scholar, so be sure to tune in on September 8th to hear me and Stacey Mitchell chop it up. Again, I'm Laura Dickinson-Turner, and this has been Defining Talent, a podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. We'll see you next time.